Ethan Forhetz. I am a vice president of public engagement and national spokesperson for Convoy of Hope. So how did you get involved with Convoy of Hope? Uh, I had spent 25 years in local television news as a career, so I traveled around the country. The last 15 of those were in Springfield, Missouri, which is also headquarters to Convoy of Hope. So uh, I got to know Convoy of Hope from the news side, from covering them, uh, about all the things that they do. And uh, we I knew that they were a, a four out of four highest rated charity on Charity Navigator. Uh, I knew a lot of the people who worked here and just their hearts to help people. I uh, knew the founders uh, and what was their drive to keep this organization going and to, to start the organization. So I knew a lot about what a great organization uh, and the high regard that Convoy of, had, Convoy of Hope had uh, around the world, really. Uh, so when I had the opportunity to join the team, uh, I, I, took the, I took the opportunity. Can you tell me about Convoy of Hope? Yeah, Convoy of Hope is an international faith-based organization with a driving passion to feed the world. Our goal is to end, to work to end generational poverty as best we can. We do that in a number of ways. We feed more than half a million children through our school-based feeding programs around the world to keep them in school so that they can work themselves out of generational poverty. We also empower women and girls around the world. Uh, to be able to uh, to get jobs and start careers in their own business, uh, which is really life-changing for them and for their families, gets them out of generational poverty. Uh, and then we see the women do so well that many times they give back to our program because they know just how desperate other women are in the circumstances they were in and how their life has been changed. That's great to see. We also teach agriculture around the world uh, to people really how, teach them how to farm their land so that they can uh, get themselves out of generational poverty. And once they, they know how to grow things well, uh, they have enough food to feed themselves and their families. Uh, they can sell it to nearby villages and make money. So it's really, really life-changing. Uh, in this country, we also have community events and rural initiatives where we go into uh, big cities and rural communities, and we just help with things. We do one-day one-day events where we provide them with groceries and shoes and socks and haircuts and family portraits, resume help, Breast Cancer Foundation uh, is there to help with uh, screenings, uh, those sorts of things, really just to give people hope and to help them get through, get through today into tomorrow uh, and know that somebody cares. And then I think what we're most known for, I think, is our disaster response. We're incredible at what we do, responding to disasters in this country and around the world, uh, the war in Ukraine, the, the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, uh, the Hurricane Ian down in Florida last fall. We're still, still responding long-term there. Uh, so Convoy of Hope does a lot of things to help people in various ways. With the war in Ukraine, what have been some of the challenges since it's now over a year of helping people there? Yeah, anytime there's a, it's a war, it, it, it really changes everything. You have to call a lot of audibles because your best laid plans may not work because it's a war zone. So we've had to figure out ways to work in that war zone, and we have. We've done uh, extremely well. We've been able to help millions of Ukrainians. Uh, we're working in 16 countries in and around Ukraine now uh, to get the food there, the supplies there, whether it's uh, it may be food. Uh, water, uh, but also things like, because it's wintertime there, and it's, it's, it's harsh in that part of the world. 
Uh, so we're, we're sending over generators and we're sending over uh, sleeping bags and blankets and, and those sorts of things just to help people get through the harsh winter. But we've had to, we've had to figure out a lot of things. We, have, uh, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves in a war zone and become a target. So we use unmarked trucks to go into Ukraine uh, to an unmarked warehouse that we have inside Ukraine. And from there, we take smaller vehicles into neighborhoods and are able to deliver the goods that people really so desperately need. Uh, for a lot of the people that we work with there, uh, we are the only people supplying the food to them. So they've, they come to rely on us for their daily and weekly food. Uh, so it's, it's an important part of what we're doing there just to help people. So you said earlier about, you know, even taking family portraits or some uh, in uh, across the country. How important are, is even the little things to these families? Well, it, it, it is important because what it shows them is that somebody cares. Uh, we want to give them dignity as we uh, respond to whatever we're responding to, whether it's by, uh, let's say, Turkey and Syria giving them the food that they're used to eating. We don't want to send something here that they're not used to eating and it's foreign to them. Uh, we want to give them things that they're comfortable eating that bring them some comfort. Uh, so yeah, dignity is, is very important to what Convoy of Hope does uh, because we believe all people have dignity and we want to show them dignity as we're responding to their needs. So you have a long background of broadcasting uh, and broadcasting is a lot about telling stories and working yeah. with people. What are some of the skills you took from broadcast to your current job now? I think the number one thing uh, that that is the knowledge of what the media is looking for. Uh, I, I, I know because I've done it for 25 years. I know what TV needs mm -hmm. uh, and I do my best to help them so that we can get the coverage. And uh, I know the questions that are coming most of the time. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's great to be able to share uh, personal stories with them. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, get them in touch with people who we've helped whenever that's possible. So we provide a lot of B-roll uh, for stations whenever we go down to a scene, like, like let's say, uh, Hurricane Ian in Florida last year. Yeah. Uh, a big part of what I do is gather B-roll that we can send them because, you know, stations don't have the money these days or the people, frankly, to send somebody from our market in Springfield down to Hurricane Ian to see what we're doing. But if we just roll some tape uh, and send it back and make it available for the stations to download, then they can, uh, when, I'm, when they're doing an interview with me, they have pictures to show of the work that we're doing and still pics as well. So uh, I think just a knowledge of what TV stations need and the timeliness of when they need it, because yes. they need it now. Uh, I'm available whenever they need me because I know that they're short-staffed uh, and whenever they get assigned a story, the clock is ticking because they're probably going to have to shoot everything themselves, edit everything themselves. It's not like the old days whenever I started, whenever there was a separate photographer, a separate editor, right. and all those sorts of things. It's a, it's a one-man band operation, and you know that as well. Uh, so whenever, whenever the opening is there and they need the interview, I'm available to do the interview. So that that is also quite the difference. You're available to do the interview. How is that transition of asking the questions to now answering them? Yeah, you know, at first it was a little strange. Uh, it felt I felt very conspicuous being on the other side of the yeah. camera uh, during the interview instead of being off camera and asking questions. 
but you know, it, it's all, it all feels the same once you start doing it, honestly. I mean, this feels uh, a lot like what I did when I was on TV uh, every day. So uh, I, I love this part of the job, being able to talk with the media and to uh, just, just tell them about what Convoy of Hope is doing, give them examples and show them uh, the video of what we're doing. So uh, at first it was a little bit odd, but I quickly got over that. So is there any stories that you've heard or you've seen firsthand that, you know, uh, changed your outlook on everything? Yeah, there, there's one from Hurricane Harvey that happened uh, uh, several years ago down in the Houston area. Uh, and we know about this story because the person involved in it tweets every single time there's any kind of disaster, uh, they tweet. Uh, that they've, they're donating to Convoy of Hope to help with the disaster uh, because uh, chainsaws and a cheese sandwich saved her life. So we saw her tweet about that. So we, we called her and said, we got to know that story. What is, what's that about? And she told us the story. It's a powerful story. But during Hurricane Harvey, uh, her she wasn't affected by the flooding as much as the, the wind damage. She had trees down all over her property and on her house. And just a couple of weeks prior to that, she had lost her job. So now this happens. She doesn't have money to fix the problem, to fix, to get the trees off her house. She was really at the lowest of lows, and we had no idea at the time. But we had a crew uh, drive up in a Convoy of Hope truck, jump out with uh, some food, some water, uh, and they had chainsaws in the back, and they said, hey, it looks like you have a problem here. What can we do to help? And she said, well, I can't get these trees off the house and cut up a bunch of oak trees. And, uh, and our people said, we can take care of that for you. They gave her, uh, among other things, a cheese sandwich that she sat on her front porch and ate. And that ended up being so powerful in her life because we found out later, she told us, it always gets me. But she was sitting on her front porch when our people rolled up and she was planning to take her life that day. And it was the cheese sandwich and the, uh, the chainsaws that gave her hope, to let her know that somebody cares uh, enough that she didn't take her life that day. And that's why she says uh, cheese sandwich and chainsaws uh, saved her life. So, what I take from that is that you never know what a little gesture, and this is everyday life. This isn't just yep. Convoy of Hope. This is you and me in everyday life. You never know what a seemingly small gesture to you might mean to somebody else who is, uh, is, is down and out and really feeling like there's no hope in going forward. It can really be life-changing. And uh, those, those are the sorts of things that Convoy of Hope gets to do every day, and I get to talk about that that is huge like just saying you're you're going to be okay you're doing a great job or something like that that does you know make a world of difference than you know even money sometimes we see it all the time whenever uh we end up in a disaster zone so let's say hurricane ian down in fort myers we end, we work with a lot of churches because uh they're in every community uh and yeah. they could be our eyes and ears on the ground uh, and then they also have the volunteers that we can call on once we get there. So we don't have to take an army into a disaster zone. We take people to supply and manage the distribution. And then they call on their volunteers to actually give out the supply. So I saw that really uh, 
in spades uh, during Hurricane Ian on the first day of our distribution. Um, we were in a church parking lot. Uh, there's hundreds of cars snaked through the parking lot to get the supplies that we're handing out. And 200 volunteers from this church showed up. They put on Convoy of Hope t-shirts. They then, for the next six to eight hours, stood on a hot blacktop parking lot and they handed out supply to their neighbors the way it's supposed to be. So it's not Convoy of Hope doing it now from out of town. It's neighbor helping neighbor. It's the church helping the community. Uh, and, and the words of encouragement that came from those volunteers to their neighbors that, hey, we're with you in this, gonna be okay. And here's some supplies to get you through the next couple of days. Come back in a few days and we'll have more for you. That really goes a long way. It changed the countenance of the people who were in line because people were, were so uh, enthusiastic in sharing hope and sharing kindness. And when we did interviews with people about what it was like to come through the line, what they, what, what they were most thankful for was not the actual supplies, the water and the food uh, and the generators and the water filters, but it was the fact that the kindness of people, yeah. that they actually showed genuine interest in our plight, in the situation we're in, and are able to help alleviate some of the stress. It goes really a long way. You talked earlier about uh, the earthquake in Turkey uh, yeah. with the horrible devastation there. But what I find fascinating with Convoy of Hope is how quick you are in these situations. What are some of the the challenges you face of getting to areas quickly? Well, I think one of the best things about Convoy of Hope is that we work around the world all the time on a regular basis. So when something happens like the war in Ukraine or the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, we already, we didn't have to invent and, and cold call people and say, hey, this is who we are. What? How can we help you? We already had relationships in those countries. So we were very quickly on the phone in the case of the, the earthquakes. Soon as news broke here about that, we were on the phone with our contacts there saying, what are you seeing? How are you affected? What's the best way that we can get help quickly to the people who need it? Uh, because it was er very evident early on, this was going to be a major, major disaster. Uh, and one of the ways that we did that early on, because we're, we're located in Springfield, Missouri, shipping supplies to Turkey is going to take a while. That, that's just yeah. the way that it is. If you're going to do it by ship, it's roughly 30 days or so. By plane, uh, we have air freighted some stuff over. That'll get there in 24 to 36 hours and get on the ground to be able to help people. But immediately, we were able to send funding uh, to our partners on the ground because we trust them and because we've worked with them before. And they were able to buy the supply in different parts of Turkey uh, that weren't devastated, where the supply chain was still up and running, and then ship it over to the earthquake zone. So that's how we're, and, and, but then we're also sending supply by ship. We're also sending by air. So we, we hit it from all angles because there's different phases of the timing of when things will arrive. But I think uh, the way we're able to react quickly is that we have an incredible team which that's done it before. Yeah. They've been through tsunamis. They've been through everything. They've, they're well-versed around the world. Uh, and then we also have the contacts and uh, relationships in place in different countries, which allow us to start uh, kind of on the ground running. So what motivates you? 
uh, our faith motivates us. We want to do what, what the Bible says to do, help the poor and the suffering. That's what drives us to do what we do. Uh, but then we just have a desire to show kindness to people. There's such, there's such a need for kindness and hope that we were talking about before. There's such a, a feeling, even in this country, with, with things being the way they are politically and uh, with things being the way they are with, um, with uh, the economy, yeah. uh, inflation out of control. So things cost so much money these days, and it's tough on people. Uh, and, and there could be a hopelessness that comes along with that where people feel trapped. We have ways to get people out of generational poverty that are proven that if we can get in there and implement them, uh, we know that they can make a big difference. Uh, we want to get as many places and we, as we can around the world and help as many people as we can around the world. Uh, and, and we do that. It, it, a lot of it goes to our resources and how many resources we have. Uh, but, but we want to give people hope above all, uh, hope that, the, that tomorrow can be a better day and uh, and that people do care.